It's time for the truth, and you know you deserve to hear it. Are you ready to hear about world news without the politically correct spin? Are you ready to listen to important national issues that affect you? Are you looking for that extra piece of information to get a deeper look into what is going on in this world? Then stay tuned because the conservative voice is about to begin. And here's your host, Alex Molusky. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Yes, I think I told you the other week that I am traveling a lot. Well, I'm traveling a lot, but my name is still the same. I'm Alex Molusky, host of the Alex Molusky Show, and it seems like every other week, well, it has been every other week for the past month and a half, I've had my favorite guest host with me, the man who has been a syndicated radio show host on 40 stations, my good friend and uh, man who I know. <laughs> I get more emails than I get normally when I just host a show alone, uh, probably because of the brain power that comes out of this guy's, uh, through his brain to his mouth, and we have a lot to talk about. My good friend Craig Bergman is joining us again. Craig, thanks for being here again. Thank you, Alex. And of course, since you missed it in the opening, I'll take the reins from here and say we are broadcasting from an undisclosed location in the nation's capital. And that's why there's no video. Shh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? For those of you that have gotten used to the video who like it, I might have some clips I'm going to continue. I'm going to post a show with some images, okay? I'm going to take a lot of pictures and have taken a lot of pictures with some of the uh, cast of characters, we could say, that we've run into and with in on our trip to uh, D.C. And I'll throw them up there and I'll put some, maybe some bonus pictures, maybe some retro pictures, some back-in-time pictures with Alex. Uh, it'll be a nice slideshow, let's just say that. We'll have a lot of graphs as usual, but hopefully you'll enjoy it. Hopefully you won't miss seeing my mug. For those of you who just like to see my expressions, I know, I know, a lot of it's reactionary. It's 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 kind of fun when you're watching the news sometimes and you see a host and they just, they stare off into space, but you see the disbelief in, say, a Hannity or a Limbaugh or, you know, the disgust when Rush has to talk about some of the people that <laughs> well, some of the doors that we ran by this week. I almost want... I, I really, before we start getting into our first topic that we're getting into, can you just share a post that you made, Craig? It's just too funny that you put on Facebook okay, and you know okay. which one I'm talking about. We uh, were in the uh, Capitol building, one of the uh, uh, House of Representative audiences, and uh, on my Facebook page, which is Craig.Bergman777, or it might just be CraigBergman777, you can friend me if we're not friends up there right now, but... Uh, we stopped by to talk to Congresswoman Omar. And so I made a little post that said, uh, we stopped by to get the Congresswoman's uh, uh, opinions on a couple of important matters like national security, terrorism, and religious liberty. And of course, I walked in with my Jesus flag cross pin on, and I, I just... I don't know, something about that, I don't think that we got the reception we were hoping to get. Um, and anyway, that made a very funny post, and everyone has commented on it. You're welcome to jump in on that as well, because of course, it goes almost without saying that national security, when you're married to someone who's your cousin and in the Muslim Brotherhood, 
probably is not your highest priority unless your nation is Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and vegan, and, yep. and terrorism. Okay, I mean, Muslim Brotherhood and terrorism go together like peanut butter and jelly. And then, of course, religious liberty when they stone people to death for blasphemy laws. Uh, you know, uh, we're we're all death sentenced here right now according to Sharia law. So anyway, I thought it was cute, funny, a little bit of punk rock, as one of my friends said. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm walking down the hall. I'm like, hey, let's stop here. <laughs> and we did stop at a lot of places. And for those of you that I did share with on my show, I was going to D.C. this week um, doing my, my, my job as a fair tax state representative in Arizona, the constitutional consumption tax. Uh, I got about, and I was grateful to have Craig with me, who is also a fair tax state director in the state of Iowa, first in the nation. So, we did hit up plenty of uh, representatives to try to uh, try to waken them up to why this is the right thing to do. It might be tough, it might be hard, but it is the morally correct thing. It's the constitutionally correct thing. And it's, as the words you said, if they use as their slogan for so long, what is it, Craig? Once, if, you, once you understand it, you will demand it. Exactly. Simple as that. And I also stopped by and handed out my contract to the America's veterans and their families. I had some set up meetings, some I did not. You'll be happy to know that, yes, I went to other representatives in Arizona that I might never vote for, but uh, they... Well, and we stopped by people in the Iowa delegation. Yep. And then we stopped by some VIPs, like we have a great photo bomb you did with uh, Senator Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun one, folks. Uh, we were just walking about doing, having our meetings, and ran into the good senator from Texas. And, uh, the bearded Jedi now. The, the bearded Jedi knight now. It's like, it was a little, a little odd seeing him with a beer this time. Well, but, you uh, know, and, and, and speaking of First in the Nation Caucus, uh, I think we're going to start the program out with some Convention of the States debates and talk because one of the groups we're meeting with here is going to be discussing that right. heavily. Uh, but Iowa, first in the nation, 23 Democrats and two or three or four potential challengers to Donald Trump on the Republican side. Uh, it's going to be a zoo again. Yeah. I mean, and it, it was odd. I mean, remember when you, you reminded Mr. Cruz, uh, you said, you know, hey, it's me, Craig. Remember, I'm from Iowa. And he was like, oh, yeah, they stop. They stop. I mean, Mr. Cruz, he was number two last time around, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you run for and president. he's still young. He's still young. He's still very young. He could be looking to the future. He doesn't know what's going on. You know, uh, you don't know what's going to happen in the world. And I fully expect Donald Trump to remain our president for uh, you know, win in 2020, but you don't know what's going forward in people's minds and how things set up. I mean, Joe Biden's running. We didn't know that. But do you want to talk about convention of states in the next six minutes of this segment? I mean, I want to get started on it. I really do, because we are going to be discussing it this week. I think that's a good time for yeah, it. And, and then, you know, 23 Democrats, we're going to go through them fast. I know. Uh, <laughs> I think the voters are going to go through them pretty fast, too. But. Exactly. That's why I'm laughing. Uh, well, I'll start it off, or you'll start it off. I mean, it's simply put, with the Convention of States, it is one of the best things, I think, that has ever been put into our Constitution, if not the most important thing that's been put in there as a, uh, a security. But at the same time, it's one of the most frightening things in some ways for me. And it's not because of the words, it's because of man. Yeah, well, here's, here's my bottom line on it. And I cut to the chase first, and then I explain myself. As Donald Trump would say, it's bad. It's bad. 
okay? Not good. Very simplistic there. The convention of the states is the wrong approach at the wrong time because of what it does. And what it does is it attempts with a legislative reworking of words and verbs to fix a heart corruption. Okay, we have people right now, all nine of them on the Supreme Court, 100% on the Supreme Court, who believe that a woman has the right to kill her unborn child. None of them have said at any hearing, in any writing, in any testimony, that they disagree with the fundamental premise of Roe versus Wade found in the penumbra, not actually in the Constitution. 100% of them agree that there is a separation of church and state. Again, not found in the Constitution. So I do not believe that even among the good guys, if they are willing to find things not written in text, that you can possibly write something, you can possibly articulate something, craft something that is so wordsmith perfect that people with bad intention will not pervert it intentionally. We got to fix the heart problem. We don't have a constitutional problem. We have an application problem. Exactly. And that seems to be the problem with anything when it comes to the rule of law is bad interpretations of good rules. It, and, it's and intentionally bad. Intentionally bad. And those that strip away are natural rights. And that's the thing that, 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 that that's the crux of it all when you get back in, into it and you talked about the heart of it all. <laughs> I mean, play on words right there. But well, the, the thing about that is, and I think you hit the exact word correctly. OK, we don't have civil rights. We should never have discussed the term. Mm -hmm. That is a Roman term. That is a pagan term. The government giveth you these rights. The government may restrict them, alter them, change them, move them around. I don't want any civil rights. I have natural rights that limit my government, that bind them, as our forebearers said, with the chains of the Constitution and prevent their imposition on me. The entire Bill of Rights says Congress shall not, our government shall not, the states shall not, shall not, shall not, shall not. Okay, it doesn't say anything about man. It, there's nothing in the Constitution that limits me in any way, shape, or form. And that is the key distinction. They are losing, we are losing our natural right foundation, our declaration of independence. See, we hold these truths, what truths? The ones we are about to mention, self-evident. That we're all created equal, okay? We're not born equal, okay? We're not raised equal. We don't go to the same schools. We don't get the same jobs. We're created equal. We are endowed, and an endowment is a gift with strings attached. That's what an endowment is. If I endow something to the school for uh, science and education, they cannot use that money for sports, Okay, it's an endowment. Strings are attached to it, endowed by our creator with certain unalienable or inalienable rights. That means they cannot be transferred, cannot be bought, cannot be sold. In, uh, sold. Uh, there's inalienable, unalienable rights. You can't question it. It's, it, it's folks, <laughs> it, it means it is what it is. Inalienable, unalienable, unalienable means the same thing. It is set in stone. Um, so... 
got about a minute left in this segment. We're going to probably have to go to the next segment to really get into the convention of states. But that's a good setup. Craig, do you want to lead us into yeah, break? Because uh, you I'll, need to I'll, add I'll, to that. I'll, I know I'll you do. i add to that. Um, if we cannot trust the people we have elected so far, the judges they have nominated and confirmed so far, what makes you think we can trust them to pick better men to go to this convention of the states and not do what my great 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 grandfather did when he went to the Articles of Convention or Articles of Confederation and they voted for a brand new constitution. Meet the new boss worse than the old boss. Exactly. Folks, I want you to think about that. We're going to go to break. If you can't remember, I probably mentioned it before. Craig's great 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 I sound like a cartoon. Seven, Seven <laughs> grandfather. Uh, think about it. We'll tell you after we come back from break who that man is. Don't touch that dial. Alex will be right back. You're listening to The Alex Molesky Show. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Alex Molesky. Today with me, my regular or almost regular guest host, Craig Bergman, the man who could take over QB at any moment and lead us down the field for a touchdown in under two minutes. He is, well, or let's just make him the Mariana Rivera of closers of the Tom Brady of quarterbacks, one of my favorite radio show hosts. Craig, thanks for being with me today. You're quite welcome, Alex. And, of course, you asked a question uh, of the audience in the other segment, do the reveal, and we will then run down the Democrats. All right, the Articles of Confederation signer, and also the only man to sign that, those documents, plus the Declaration of Independence, you might have heard of that, and also our United States Constitution, Craig's great, 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 seventh degree grandfather, Robert Morris, the one and only. The one and only. Anyway. So if you look at his pictures online, and I'm not talking about the modern guy who's a distant relative, a preacher, or anything, but the old painting ones, and then you look at my profile pic, you will be stunned. I mean, the resemblance is so much that if I put on a fake coat and some 17th century clothes and went around, I could be one of those George Washington, Ben Franklin, Robert Morris look-alike guys. Well, the good thing is there ever is a uh, documentary or a... Uh, maybe a, a full-blown movie or TV show, you can do cameos, I'd, I'd believe. I it, believe that yeah, might be in play. It's in play. It's coming. <laughs> 2021, yes. That's the goal. That's going to be fun. We so, can... so here we go, Alex. Yes. We have 23 and counting, folks. It ain't over yet. 23 Democrats officially filed and entered into the race to be the standard bearer of the Socialist Democratic Party of America against Donald Trump on the ballot. 23 of them. I'm going to run down the fast list and then we're going to we're going to we're going to talk about them to some degree. Um, and here here you go really 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 quickly. And we have uh, Michael Bennett, he's the senator from Colorado. Of course, we have gripping Joe Biden, the former vice president and former senator from Delaware. We have Cory Booker, the senator from New Jersey, Spartacus himself. We have Steve Bullock, the governor of Montana. He's also a former state attorney general. Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Then we have the darling of a certain agenda of folks, Pete Butty Gig. I'm gonna do terrible on that name. I just I can't believe it. I don't even say it. It's just a but job. he's the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. That's it. Okay, he's the mayor of a small town. South Bend. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Notre Dame should have done something about this. Um, then we have, of course, Julian Castro. Yes, we've elected a Hussein. Can we elect a Castro? Uh, and then we have Bill de Blasio just got in, the mayor of New York City. Okay, so uh, we got two mayors in here. One of them, I mean, you know, 17 million people. The other one, you know, the size of a super Walmart. Uh, and then we have John Delaney. He's a former congressman from Maryland. We have Tulsi Gabbard, who tries to be the moderate. She's a congresswoman from Hawaii. If you love Kirsten Cinema, you will love Tulsi Gabbard. They're doing the same thing, pretending to be something that they are not. We then have Kristen Gildebrand, the senator from New York. It looks like everyone in New York, but Hillary Clinton is running. We have Kamala Harris, the senator from California, and, well, we're not going to get into her indiscretions, <laughs> but the, the smile on Alex's face is, uh, you couldn't wipe it off with hitting him with a stick. Folks, when I see logical memes out there that go through social media, some of them are brilliant. I can't, I, I, if I can find the one that I'm thinking of, I might post it right here. So just, the video is also good. Even though we don't have video this week, we're going to have lots of images. Uh, I'll talk about it later. <laughs> Okay, then we have John Hickenlooper. He's the former governor of Colorado. He was also a former mayor of Denver. And he was also named after a ride over uh, Six Flags over Texas, right? The Hickenlooper? Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 that was a great ride. <laughs> uh, then we have Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington State. Then we have Amy Kohlbacher, the senator from Minnesota. Then we have Wayne Messam, the mayor of Miramar, Florida. He's a football champion of some kind, African-American, never heard of him. He's raising his profile. He is not a serious contender. You know how those candidates come out that do that. We also have a congressman from Massachusetts, Seth Moulton, never heard of him either. Uh, then we have good old Robert O'Rourke, also known as Beto. Uh, the congressman from Texas and losing Senate candidate. And uh, he's the star that's fallen the most. He yes. started out in the polling great. He raised a ton of money his first day he announced. Almost nothing since then. I mean, it's like everyone who was going to donate, donated, and nobody else cares. His turnout now are smaller than other people's turnouts. He's going to be hitting pizza ranches in Iowa and talking to five people. Oh, absolutely. And that's happened before. People finished in the top three in Iowa, though. I'll remind you that. Who knows? It could come back. I mean, he did raise a ton of money. Actually, wasn't he a record center in Texas? Yeah. When oh, he yeah. ran against a Well, because they, the, they, they, they thought, thought they could... Ted Cruz was vulnerable. They thought his never-Trumpers. And, no. Yep. And it, was a, it would have been a huge feather in their cap if they could have taken uh, uh, Cruz out. They thought that people were still angry at Ted because of... Uh, they were not know, angry enough to put a gun to their head and pull the trigger for their own children in the room. And they also know how solid of a U.S. senator the man has been. So, exactly. Yeah, so but we now have work. <laughs> Tim Ryan, a congressman from Ohio. Again, 
He's got to be just positioning himself for something. He, he's nobody. Then we have the number two guy. Okay, Bernie Sanders, 77 years old, independent, running as a Democrat. Remember, he's not a Democrat. He is a Russian former communist. Yes. Okay, he only, uh, he describes himself that way. And then we have Eric Stallwell, a 38-year-old congressman, never heard of. Then we have Pocahontas herself, Elizabeth Warren. Um, I don't know how these people can go out with a straight face and, and, and be taken seriously. They have to be just fundraising. It's got to be that, setting themselves up either for the future or just some name recognition. Or, you know what? Hey, 5%, you know, 25 people watching uh, MSNBC. They, they want a gig after the fact. It's, Here know, we have knows? our first non-politician, uh, Marion Williamson, oh, a Lord. new age author. I mean, she writes books on, you know, do you feel your spirit animal stuff? I, I don't even know. And then, of course, Andrew Yang. Okay, this guy is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. He has ideas out there that make Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris and Pocahontas look like straight-faced, honest, serious people. Um, a long-shot campaign is what the New York Times calls him, and I'm like, are you kidding me? And that is our Democratic... Uh, ticket. Of course, on the Republican side, we have Donald Trump. The only official one, of course, is the libertarian guy, William F. Weld. But there are rumors that other people like John Kasich and stuff who are anti-Trump <sighs> will try to run against him. Don't I can it. just tell you, the Republican Party in Iowa says you're not welcome. Thank you, Craig, for that rundown. We're going to have to go to break, folks, and we're going to come back. We might dig a little bit into these and just tell you what we think is going to end up being the end result. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Alex Molesky Show. Welcome back to the show. I'm Alex Molosky here from an undisclosed location in Washington, D.C. You're not going to see video this week, but you're going to see some good pictures. I have with me my good friend and regular joining to the show, Craig Bergman. Craig, again, thanks for being here. You're quite welcome, Alex. we got a lot to run through. Yep. I'm going to jump through it because, you know, the Democrats are going to do a lot of debates and a lot of polling. And a lot of fundraising. And there's only a, a limited amount of money out there for these guys. Uh, and I am glad to see people on the liberal side having so many choices of which to siphon their money away from other races. That will be good for congressional candidates and people down ballot. Um, but here's, here's the problem we have. The Democrats' polling requirements are unlike those of the Republicans that set, you know, a 5% threshold, the Democrats set a 1% threshold. Of those 23 names I gave you, only three of them are not currently qualified to appear in a Democrat debate. And those are Williamson, Meesum, and Moulton, the unknown unknowns, two of which that are not even you know, politically-minded individuals. Yeah, and they were signed by Motown Records back in the 60s and just didn't quite cut it. But yeah. no, seriously, I mean, there are names coming out of here, and, and, and I, no, no insult to Motown, one of the greatest labels ever, who punched out a ton of great music. But 
I mean, you said it earlier. Why are these folks getting in there, and who really is? They're selling books. I want, okay, I want to, yeah, like the one who was a new age woman. It's like, really? What? Your inner spirit? No. (laughs) Yeah, she knows it's, she's never going to get seriously treated any other time in the rest of her life. She's 66 years old. Uh, And so let's look at the ones who are qualified because they have done polling and raised money. These are people who will field a ground team. Got it. Sanders, Buttigieg, Harris, Warren, Biden, Kolbacher, O'Rourke, Yang, and Gabbard. So there's okay. nine of them, you feel, that have a shot in heck, depending on how the wind blows, who they, gets they out. They will have a to... ground game. Okay. They will have paid staffers on the ground. A Tulsi, Gabbard, has a gigantic billboard on the main thoroughfare from the airport to downtown Des Moines. I've seen it. It is one of those giant billboards. You know, you got your standard billboard, and then mm-hmm. you have those mega ones. This is one of those mega ones. You can read it from a mile away, and all it has is her picture, and it says, Tulsi 2020, a soldier's heart. No mention socialist, no mention abortion, no mention tax raiser, no mention... Uh, 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 Indian nationality, Hindu religion, I mean, just devoid of any uh, social, ethnic, political identification whatsoever, just Tulsi in eight-foot-tall letters. Okay? And, of course, she has to do that because she doesn't get the media that uh, Buddy Gig will get, and she doesn't have the platform of being a U.S. senator or, as O'Rourke, an almost U.S. senator, and she's not Bernie Sanders, right. who almost, you know, beat Hillary in several places, uh, depending on how much fraud and abuse Hillary and Debbie Wasserman Schultz did. But here's some people who are qualified just by polling, but they haven't raised any money. They're broke. They will not be able to feel the ground game. They're going to be the Rick Santorums or the Jimmy Carters driving around in a pickup truck and trying to win farmers and ranchers and fishermen up in New Hampshire and, you know, the, the, the people down in South Carolina and these states, if they make it that far. Got it. And we'll talk about that in the next segment. We have Booker, Castro, Gildebrand, Inslee, Hickenlooper, Delaney, Ryan, and Stalwell. That is your B team. I don't think maybe anyone besides Cory Booker uh, makes it out of Iowa. Iowa is the giant killer, and Iowa is going to just take the bottom of the field out of contention, and it's going to take a couple of the big top field people out of contention. We watched this happen with the Republican Party uh, many times when somebody was a front runner, like yep. Tim Pawlenty, the governor of Minnesota, and he was expected to do very well, came in fourth, done. As they say in the Republican Party, there's three to five tickets out of Iowa. There's nine people here. I don't think we will see more than five or seven get to New Hampshire, and it'll be three to five by South Carolina. Wow. That's that's impressive. Yeah, and some people are going to skip Iowa altogether, as we've seen in the past. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Booker did, just to knowing he doesn't have a shot, and he can write it off as looking forward down the road or something, saying, listen, I didn't. You know, I'm focusing on other things, you know, no disrespect to Iowa. It's 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 a game, folks. It's a plan. It's a game plan. It's how it is. They're going to try to survive. But, uh, wow, Craig's going to break it down a little more in the next segment. I encourage you to stay tuned uh, with us. We're going to have a lot of fun in the last segment, folks. And guess what? 
listen to our sponsors. They're important. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for more with Alex. You're listening to the Alex Molusky Show. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Alex Molusky. This week, from the Washington, D.C. area, I have with me my good friend and co-host on a fairly regular basis, Craig Bergman. Craig, thanks for being here and discussing uh, presidential candidates for 2020 on the Democratic side. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much, Alex. And of course, because there's so many of them and time is so limited, uh, I'm just going to sit here with the machine gun and and start uh, uh, laying down suppressive fire. Uh, But we have to start with the elephant in the room. Okay, the Democratic Party has become the party of identity politics. And the front runner for the Democratic Party is a very old, long-time career politician, Caucasian man accused of Me Too sexism. That is the Democratic Party frontrunner. That is, if I'm a progressive liberal Democrat who's into identity politics, yes. who, who follows what they say on Rachel Maddow's show, I can't reconcile that in my mind. Okay, that'd be the same thing as if the Republican Party nominated a uh, non-U.S. citizen, okay, who was of a very diverse religious, I mean, just opposite of everything that you think the Republican Party would stand for. No apple pie, doesn't drive a Chevy, you know, uh, uh, every everything anti American. Okay, so, so if rotten rotten milk is your choice of drink there with Joe Biden and you look around, what's the alternative? Well, we need to run through this just a little deeper on, on Joe Biden. Okay. Okay, because Joe Biden on paper is everything the Democrats should be against. When you also look at it, remember, John McCain seriously considered this man to be his running mate in the first ever ticket because he is so moderate. Mm. Okay, John McCain, we call him so liberal. And, of course, the people of Arizona listening to this radio program, we're not going down that road again. But we have to remember that was seriously discussed open mic on radio programs, television programs. The two of them in their voting record are so close and they had a friendship, yep. and it was real. So what you're saying is the Democratic Party is seriously considering nominating John McCain in the 2020 election cycle. Hmm. That is astounding because nothing he says, nothing he's voted for, nothing he has supported his entire life is what Sanders... Cortez, Booker, Kamala, these people are running on. 100% of them are running left, further left, and even further, further left than Joe Biden. Right. And so the Democratic Party faces, at this time, with this question, an existential threat to their existence. Are they going to go back and be the Democratic Party of Andrew Jackson, 
Thomas Jefferson, perhaps even as far right-wing as the Kennedy brothers? Or are they going to abandon that wing of their party? Because we have to remember, in the 1800s with Jefferson, it was the Democratic-Republican Party. And that did not split for several elections afterwards. And in fact, most of the Republicans didn't split for a hundred years till the Civil War period. So what are the Democrats? Who are they going to be? They have been making this unholy coalition of minority politics that used to belong to the Republican Party. Okay? Right. 16 states in this union when we only had 30-some formed the Republican Party in 1850, and 16 of those states were formed by a black caucus, not whites. So what happened? The Republican Party lost its mooring, lost its vote with, MLK, with um, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and Richard Nixon uh, in the 60s. We all know that. Lyndon Johnson flipped the racist and the segregationists, got him to vote for the Civil Rights Act, and said they'd be doing it for 100 years. Well, we're only about 60-some years into that, uh, and we're seeing Trump really erode that in a way we've never had before. But the Democrats exist on identity politics. Okay, so they don't have a cohesive platform. They're not running on nationalism, patriotism, tax reform, property rights, natural rights, religious liberty. They don't want any of that any Declaration of Independence constitutional stuff. They want a new age. Well, the division politics that they've been preaching for so long are using as their methodology turning around to bite them in the ass right now. Well, I think you've made a good point there, and I'll segue on that really carefully because uh, you're watching the Democrats right now with Cortez in New York. They are going to spend a billion dollars to remove her from the party. They don't want to be that left. The Wall Street, New York Democrats, these Democrats, the Biden Democrats, the superdelegate Democrats, the Democrats that know they, they've got a center in America. A third of the electorate is independent and centrist. Okay? And they know that these people who want to outlaw cars and planes and you, well, you want to take a rowboat to get to Hawaii, okay, take a bunch of energy bars because it's a long trip, Gilligan. <laughs> Uh, you know, they seriously have to get rid of this woman, and they have to get rid of Bernie Sanders, okay? They have to basically tell the far left, go run in the Green Party, the way the Republicans have said, look, if you're for hookers and, and, and heroin, you got to run the Libertarian Party, because we're not going to do that as Republicans. Right. And, and we are a two-party binary system. We're a hot, cold, yes, no, white, black, up, down. This, we're binary choices and that's what makes our civil government last. In every other so-called democratic system where they have plurality parties, what you find is the conservatives fraction and split over tiny differences can never coalesce, and a moderate leftist centrist government is formed, and they're all to the left of uh, a Joe Biden, but they're not to the left of a Cortez. And we don't want these other nine kind of people to become the center in American politics. Joe Biden really is the center. Now, the problem with that, of course, is he will never govern that way. 
That's the candidate. If Joe Biden were to defeat Donald Trump, these other 23 people around him are his cabinet and his brain trust. They would control the media and the grassroots, and they would govern. So the Democrats have a real problem. And there's, there's nobody who can seriously challenge him. Okay, when you look at the money, okay, Kamala Harris is the only one who's come close, come close to raising the kind of money that he has. Joe Biden, $18 million from individual contributions. And he just got in a week and a half or two, whatever ago. Yeah, yeah. And we know what he did before. We know his base. Right. Unfortunately, Bernie Sanders has a ceiling. Okay? So you then have Kamala Harris, Beto O'Rourke, Pete Buttig, Elizabeth Warren, and those numbers are 12 for Harris, 9 for O'Rourke, 7 million for Pete, 6 for Warren, 5 for Amy, 5 for Cory Booker, 3 for Kristen Hildebrand, and then you start dropping down into nobodies. But here's the other side, okay? Because some candidates are actually office holders, and Elizabeth Warren transferred $10 million from her Senate fund. Gildebrand transferred nine. Amy transferred an additional three on, on top of what she already raised. And so when you run down these kind of numbers, uh, you see that there are folks capable of challenging Biden, but they're the far kooks. They have, and I say that, you know, they're, they're kooky. Their ideas are you can't put them in print and take them seriously. People think you're reading The Onion or The Babylon Bee right. when, when you have these kind of things. And uh, I don't see if there's any way they stop Joe Biden. I don't either, especially since we talk about, and you mentioned the word kooks, but uh, the folks with unreasonable uh, offerings to the voter who will just say, are you nuts? Uh, there's a lot of them. So they, they're going to keep you know stumbling all over one another because they've all decided to go to the left of Joe Biden and that type of sort. And actually, they've tried to go to the left of Bernie Sanders. Uh, no, you said there's a ceiling. I know that Bernie Sanders even has his ceiling. It's probably going to be Biden. It's probably going to be Biden-Trump. I don't see how it can be anything else. I don't think it will be anything else. Uh, I, I like that matchup because I think our president's going to win no matter what but we do have a tight road ahead of us. Is there any other wild cards you think could happen, like with a booker, like you said, or could somebody steam around? I guess, in my mind, the only wild card for Joe Biden really to lose his primary is if he really stumbles and something comes out. You know, I mean, he, he's older, he stumbles on his words, uh, he looks weak in a debate. And you would say, oh, this guy's just clueless and not good in a debate. Well, look what he did to Ryan in 2012, he wasn't yeah. exactly, you no, know. No, do not underestimate Joe Biden, okay? And do not underestimate the powers behind him. Hillary Clinton fainted, had to be helped into cars, uh, and still managed to mop the floor with everybody there with, you know, what some people were calling one foot in the grave, okay? Joe Biden has a lot more energy. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden is, he's not a serious threat to Trump. Okay, in no way. I see no scenario in which any of these people can beat Trump. Because, as James Carville said, it's the economy stupid. Yep. And we have had the best economy in the last 50 years. Unbelievable. His growth rates, is on par GDP. to beat Reagan. Okay, if you look at 80 to 84, Reagan basically said, 
Are you better off now than you were under Jimmy Carter? And he lost one state, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Minnesota uh, or whichever district of Columbia. I mean, it was it was it was terrible. It was absolute landslide. I don't think we're going to see Trump with that kind of landslide because California, New York, and Illinois are lost causes now. They mostly due to voter fraud. But you could see him winning forty states, possibly. I can see him improving upon his electoral college results from before and carrying states that he narrowly lost before. I see the Congress being swept out. I see a standard bearer year of a great economy. And forget this tariffs nonsense. Forget anything like this. The question is, are you better off now than you were before? And some 80% of Americans are better off now. If Donald Trump was a nice, attractive, grandfatherly guy, instead of the mean, boorish uncle... He'd be winning in a landslide. If he had the charisma of Ronald Reagan instead of one of your fishing buddies, okay, uh, he would be winning in a landslide. It's the negatives against him from his aggressive posturing that hold back some of those independent and crossover votes. However, he's winning them as well because they're the kind of people who just like the Republicans of, 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 of you know, four years ago would, wouldn't tell you they were voting for Trump, but did anyway. Right. And you're going to see a bunch of that. It's not going to... In the polling, it's going to look close. Remember, the polling last time, he, was, he lost. It was Hillary Clinton's, and she won, and everyone was stunned. The polling all through this is going to show him barely winning, and then it's going to be a big landslide and a mandate. And he's going to get a bunch of freshmen, congressmen, and senators in there. And we may have the best four years America has seen since 1984. Wow. How phenomenal would that be? Wow. Krug, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I know you've been so busy with your new company that you've been working with, Vortex Blockchain Technologies, uh, and working on uh, important voting machines that we're going to have uh, that will actually make one vote one vote real vote legal vote living vote <laughs> we're gonna have to talk more about that technology on another show and i hope you come back on so thank you sir you're quite welcome alex it's always been my pleasure and now we will go we will go and folks god bless each and every one of you and god bless these united states of america Join us again next week for more national discussion with your host, Alex Molesky.